It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Tripped Up Trivia. I am Jesse Starcher, and tonight, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for horror edition of Tripped Up Trivia. Here with me, my wonderful co-host, Alexis Haina. Alexis Haina, con season is done for you. Do you got any other ones lined up here uh, coming up, or are you finally back into podcast position now? Oh, finally back into podcast position. We just wrapped up with the Cincinnati Comic Expo. It was our final show of 2021. It was an amazing turnout, but I'm so happy to be back home in Kansas City. I'm happy that I don't have to go on the road here anytime soon, and I'm especially happy that it's my favorite time of the year. Things, as you said, are getting a little creepy, kooky, mysterious, and spooky. That's right. That's right. So you had the pleasure of coming up with all of these horror-themed questions tonight. And I'll, 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 I'll turn it over to you to kind of give them an idea. I don't know if you just went strict, strictly movies. I had I don't know. I don't know. So I want you to, you know, feel free to explain what's going on. But before we do that, let me go ahead and get our introductions out of the way. We have four players yet again uh, for our trivia tonight. First up, returning to the Tripped Up Trivia podcast, Jeff Sloboda of, he's the co-host of the MCU's Bleeding Edge YouTube channel and podcast. Jeff, welcome back, buddy. You ready to talk some very spooky, scary stuff tonight? Yes, most definitely. And uh, I really appreciate being given a chance to uh, be a returning member of the uh, team. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Ah, my 90s brother from another mother, Chris Armstrong, sometimes co-host of the Unspoken Issues podcast and horror flick fan has joined us tonight. Chris, buddy, thank you so much. I know that when we were doing this, I wanted you to be on it. So I'm so glad you did a con today and then you come here and you're ready to play some trivia tonight. I assume you ready, Chris? 
Chris? I am ready. I appreciate the invite. Ah, yes. All right. All right. And filling in for the last minute, I had to reach out. I had to reach out because I we had to have four. And if, if, if I was going to be on this podcast, I, I would have failed miserably. So Evan Bevins came through with a clutch substitution for us, and that is Candace. She's not affiliated with any podcast, but she loves all things horror. Candace, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Are you, do you, are you up to the task? Do you think you could hang with some horror trivia? Yeah, I think I can hang. Um, I was just watching a Disney Channel original classic, Under Wraps, uh, which Ooh. was the inspiration for my costume of a mummy when I was four or five years old. And I've been obsessed with Halloween and horror pretty much my whole life. So oh I'm excited. All right. Well, I'm so glad. Thank you so much for filling in at the last second, too. I mean, sure. like within two hours. We appreciate it. So uh, now we have a horror film director in our presence tonight, and that is Dorian Price. Dorian, are you ready to, I don't know, battle it out with some horror trivia tonight? All day, every day. <laughs> Thank well, you so every much. Every night, I guess, in this case. It's more <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Jesse, yeah, so, yeah. just off of the, the confidence levels of the other guests, I'm already feeling a little shaky over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, buddy. You'll be doing fine. You'll be doing fine. Uh, so, well, we got a great round of trivia, a couple rounds of trivia set up for you. So we'll go ahead and get things started. Alexis, I do turn it over to you. All right. Let's go ahead and go over the rules for those who are listening to Tripped Up Trivia for the very first time. We have 30 questions. They have We have three rounds, five questions per round. The first round, each question will be worth one point. And these are going to be, well, maybe not easy, but, you know, a little bit more knowledgeable. Second round, five questions per round. And again, but these are going to be worth two points each, and the levels are going to be much harder. Now, the three rounds for tonight, these are mostly horror movie related. And I was having trouble figuring out how I really wanted to go with the categories. I didn't want to divide them up into by time periods because they're just way too wide of a scope. So we have for our first First round will be slasher trivia. Second round will be monster trivia. And the third round will be paranormal trivia. Ooh. All right. Are all four of our contestants ready to play? For sure. Let's do it. Most definitely. Absolutely. First question. Again, these five questions are going to be slasher trivia. Question number one. In the Halloween film series, the serial killer Michael Myers uses a mask of what? What actor while stalking his victims? Halloween, the night he came home. All answers are in. Dorian, Candace, and Chris, you all got it right. That is, in fact, the face of William Shatner. Oh, no sh- Yep. <laughs> Apparently, I actually didn't know that until somewhat recently. Uh, I was kind of yeah, shocked. Same here. Yeah, from what I've read, apparently they literally went to a costume shop, bought the cheapest mask they could find, and painted it white. It's actually funny. The production designer was so upset with John Carpenter. He went out, got drunk, went to a Halloween store, got the cheapest mask, tossed it on the table, and said, "Fine, we'll just have William Shatner kill them." And Car- Carpenter looked up and went. Can you trim the hair and, and paint it white? And the production designer was like, you've got to be freaking kid. I'm going to kill you. Apparently <laughs> did not talk for like a year after they finished filming because he was so upset with him. 
They're friends now, though, so happy end. I feel like that's Very realistic good. as to what Michael Myers would do. I mean, he would just find whatever. It didn't exactly. matter to him. Yeah, he would just find the cheapest mask available. And yeah. All right. Question number two. Freddy Krueger's iconic sweater is what colors? No one will survive. Ah! <laughs> Craven, director of The Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left, a new masterpiece in fantasy terror, Nightmare on Elm Street. All right, answers are all in. Dorian and Candace got it right. It's red and green. Oh, really? Damn yep. it. Yeah, I know there's a lot of confusion. Everyone got guessed correctly red, but uh, Chris guessed brown and Jeff guessed black. But yep, it's a red and green sweater. Apparently, uh, Wes Craven chose it because he had read that red and green hit the eyes the hardest when they're mashed together. It just it just doesn't look right. Well, with that, red and black. With that 80s quality uh, video that you would get at that point when i would watch those movies i mean who the hell knows what a color is yeah i, I blame yeah i blame vhs and rf adapters and everything damn it well fair enough <laughs> all right but still yes candace and dorian you got that right you guys are on a roll all right all right Woo-hoo. question three what is norman bates hobby in psycho i think that we're all in our private traps clamped in them And none of us can ever get out. All answers are in, and everyone got that right. And yeah, Jeff, you spelled it right. Taxidermy. Oh, excellent. Yep. I never got that. Question number four. How many people does Jason kill in the first Friday the 13th film? Ooh, there might be a challenge on this one. I love this question. <laughs> Very clever. Yeah, this question's worth a scream. <laughs> Wow, subtle. And, okay, Dorian and Chris and Candace got it right because the answer is zero. Those of you who have seen the first Scream movie will know that this is the question that tripped up Drew Barrymore because Jason is not the killer in the first Friday the 13th film. His mother mother is. Okay, so yes, um, Dorian, Chris, and Candace all got that right. All right. All right, yes, that was a trick question. Okay, question number five. This is the last question for the slasher trivia for the first round. In the first scream, Randy gives... Oh, I'm sorry. This is a multiple choice question. In the first scream, Randy gives three rules that one has to abide to survive a horror movie. Which of these is not one of the rules? Is it A, don't drink or do drugs, B, do not have sex, C, don't go anywhere alone, or D, don't say, I'll be right back? Classic film. I have not watched that movie uh, since Halloween, uh, October, Halloween weekend um, in 1997 uh, at my ex-girlfriend Jessica's house when I was in ninth grade. Hang on, man. Do you have a boyfriend? Mm, No. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. What did you say? I want to know who I'm talking to. That's not what you said. What do you think I said? What? Well, 
All answers are in. Candace, Doreen, and Chris got it right. It is C. The three rules that Randy gives to survive a horror movie are don't have sex, don't drink or do drugs, and don't say, I'll be right back. He never at any point says, don't go anywhere alone. Ah, uh, okay. I was sweating that one. <laughs> All right. So we've reached the end of the slasher part of the trivia. So just a real quick score update. Jeff, he, he's he's hanging back there. He's got one. He's, uh, he's playing to come back though pretty soon chris freddy's sweater man got him he's got four uh dorian and candace go perfect that round with a total of five points uh so there's your score rundown all right so who's ready to move on to monster trivia mm, i'm curious as to which one i would do better at here i'm I thinking i'm thinking the <laughs> i'm thinking the last set of five not this, this one this is gonna work for me this one's gonna be better for me i know it all right all right let's see okay all right Everyone ready? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All yep. right. Question number one. This is a uh, multiple choice. Who was the star of 1941's The Wolfman? Was it Boris Karloff, Lon Chaney Jr., or Bella Lugosi? Answers are in, and Dorian and Chris got it right. It was Lon Chaney Jr. Very good. There goes my streak. And Candace <laughs> and Jeff both guessed that it was Karloff. I was say, the funny thing is that Bill Lugosi actually also is in The Wolfman, though. He's the gypsy that bites Lon Chaney. Or the oh, gypsy really? wolfman that bites Lon Chaney. So, yeah, Bill Lugosi is actually in the movie as well. He's just not the lead this time. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Question number two. What did Steven Spielberg name the animatronic shark in Jaws? I will give a little hint. One That name carried over to a character in Finding Nemo. That doesn't help me at all. There is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, and without logic. It lives to kill. Okay, answers are all in. Chris, Jeff, and Dorian, you guys got that right. The answer is Bruce. Bruce? Bruce. That is why the giant shark in Finding Nemo is named Bruce. Candace, I love that you guessed Marlin. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally just the first Finding Nemo name that came in my mind. All right, question number three. Jeff Goldblum played the title character in what 1986 horror remake? Mm, mm, I've never watched this other than little bits of it. Oh, my goodness. Not for me. Uh, yeah, those who can't handle body humor or, or body horror or gross out horror would not be cannot handle this mm, week. Mm, no way. I speak from experience. Several scenes I had to cover miles like, nope, nope, not looking at that. <laughs> Okay, all answers are in. Jeff, Dorian, and Chris, you guys got that right. It is The Fly. Oh, and uh, Alexis, real quick, can I ask a uh, very short trivia question of my own? Let's see if anybody gets it. Oh, I'm all ears. Who starred in the original The Fly? Except for you, Alexis, you don't get to answer this one. <laughs> no. 
Uh, you're no fun. Vincent Price. I couldn't I think. tell you. Vincent Price. Yeah, actually, I'm uh, one of my relatives. That's uh, that's why I had to ask. It is near and dear to home. Oh wow. He's one of your relatives. Third cousin twice removed. We found out from my aunt. You're kidding. No. Yeah, that's Alexis. This is new. We just found this out the other day. I was gonna say. You. I know that he's your idol, but <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, my aunt actually called the other day and was like, "Hey, you know what? Weird story. We're actually related to Vincent Price. Third cousin. Like, that's I think it's crazy. Uh, I wrote it now. Third cousin." That is super cool. I love Vincent Price. Okay, question number four. What continent is the setting for The Thing? Great movie. Uh, Again, a very great movie, but again, decent amount of body horror. I still remember one time watching it while trying to eat, and I was like, yeah, this was a stupid idea. (laughs) That's a really solid horror movie. Like, I'm not a buff. I'll tell you right now, that's one that, like, still holds up with, like, younger people, like, now. Absolutely. I mean... Oh, yeah. I dragged my little sister to watch it. For the record, she was a teenager when I first showed it to her. But I was like, okay, I need to show you what good practical horror effects look like. Because, uh-huh. right. yeah, no CGI on that. And the answers are in. And Chris, Jeff, and Dorian, once again, you guys got it right. Antarctica. Final question in the monster round, and then we're going to move on to paranormal. What is the name of the vampire in Nosferatu, the very first vampire movie? The name of the vampire in Nosferatu is Count Orlock. Wow. Is Nosferatu like the name of the race or why? Nosferatu literally means vampire. Okay. Got it. Give me who got it right and who got it wrong. I'm glad I'm not scoring myself on this one. Chris and Dorian got it right. I want to bite your finger. There you go. (laughs) All right. Score update. Glad this isn't an in-person podcast. Uh, score up. What a nasty flavor. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Jeff, Jeff has made a little bit of a comeback here. He is sitting at four points. Candace had a really tough time that round, staying at five points. Chris and Dorian both went perfect. Chris currently has nine points, while Dorian has a total of ten. The man cannot be stopped unless he's afraid of ghosts. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. How about that paranormal section? Let's go. All right. (laughs) Paranormal trivia, question one. What was the first horror film to be nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars? You're one of Jack Crawford's, aren't you? I am, yes. May I see your credentials? Certainly. Closer, please. Closer. Okay, the answers are all in. And this is kind of fun because you all gave a different answer. Oh, okay. Okay, Chris, you guessed The Haunting. Candace guessed Sixth Sense. Jeff guessed Silence of the Lambs. And Dorian guessed The Exorcist. Jesse, do you know which one of them got it right? No, my money's on Dorian because he's doing pretty good here. <laughs> so I'll go with The Exorcist. How's that? That is correct. The Exorcist was the first horror film to be nominated for Best Picture. Oh, followed quickly right. by Jaws two years later. Hopefully that wasn't one of your future questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was that right there is the I think that is the first question that somebody got right by themselves. I think you're right. Yep. All right. 
Silence of the Lambs, I think, is what I actually would have went with, probably. <laughs> so I believe the thing with Silence of the Lambs was that it was the first horror film that also um, uh, the, all the major uh, awards. <laughs> Best picture, but it also won best director, best actor, best actress, mm. best actor in a supporting role. Got yeah, that one too. Exactly. Because both uh, Ted Levine and uh, Anthony Hopkins have, I mean, Ted Levine obviously has more screen time as Buffalo Bill, but it was a close call because they almost had to put them both under that category, which was going to kind of break the rules because you can't have two people from the same movie in a category. But they were able to figure out that Ted Levine has about three minutes more actual screen time than Hopkins does, which allowed uh, Levine to get uh, nominated for Best Actor. I don't know if this was true or just a rumor, but I heard that Jodie Foster was kind of so freaked out after she filmed The Silence of the Lambs that that's why she didn't continue to film the other Hannibal movies. Someone can probably confirm here whether that's true or not, but if it is, that's kind of freaky and cool. I do know there were a couple of scenes that uh, Hopkins improved a little bit that put her off. The, the, the scene where he starts making fun of her accent was completely improvised, and uh, her her reaction of getting <laughs> The reason that Foster did not return for Hannibal, the uh, Ridley Scott film, was because she did not, A, like Harris's book of the the story, um, the fact that Hannibal and Clarice end up together. Then when Ridley Scott and his people changed the script, she ended up not liking the script either, so she stepped aside, also citing that she felt that the Clarice that would show up in Hannibal was Clarice in a different area than the one, or different place in her life than the one she had played, and it wasn't her Clarice so much anymore, so... She actually gave the thumbs up when Julianne Moore wanted to step into the role. Mm, yeah, I imagine you got to be in the right headspace uh, to do something like that. And if you're not, I would pass up on it too. Agreed. Absolutely. All right. Question number two What is the name of the puzzle box in the Hellraiser series that summons the Cenobites? Never seen a Hellraiser film. That was actually the movie it took me the longest to finally get to. I didn't like scary movies as a kid. And as I got older, I started to get more into them. But for some reason, every time I tried to watch Hellraiser, I was like, nope, turn it off. Okay, answers are all in. The answer is the Lament Configuration. The heck? Yep, the Lament Configuration. That is the name of the box. Dorian got that right. Okay, Chris, you wrote something, something Lament. Ooh, Do we want to give him a half that, point? <laughs> he might get our half, first half point of the night. I don't deserve it. <laughs> you sound I'm like a lament in the wrong spot anyway. I, I, I'm stepping back. Let the panel decide. Hey, man, I mean, you know, I think that, like, if you even get within, like, like a, a safe distance, you should get some partial credit just so I can kind of, you know, get in this game. Heck, yeah. I mean, if he if he put um, LaMarche's creation, he would still technically been right. Yeah, I would say half point is fine. Okay, so something, something, Clement gets Nets Chris a half point. Jeff and Dorian both got full point for that. Okay, all right. Okay, question number three. In Carrie, what do the bullies dump on her at the prom? Oh. 
Well, you all four put the correct answer. Jesse, do you want to take a stab and... Uh... Uh, yeah, let's see if I'm wrong. Is it pig's blood? It is, and all okay. four, you got to write, the bullies dump pig's blood on Carrie when she wins prom queen. Nice. Anybody want to take a wild guess here for, not for a point, but just for fun and tell me what they actually used in place of uh, pig's blood in the movie when they filmed it? Cornstarch and food coloring. Very good. Again, that was actually brought up in screen. Uh, when the killer fakes his death he's covered in what you think is blood and then he licks it off and he goes ooh corn starch or corn syrup same stuff they use for the pig's blood and carry question number four what room is Danny warned to stay away from in The Shining Quick question, Alexis. You did say Shining the movie, right? Because it's two different yes. room numbers. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. but Just, 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 just double checking so I don't kick myself in the face. Yeah, but you know what? Because since I actually didn't phrase that correctly, if you put either the room from the book or the room for the movie, we'll give you a point. Because they do change it. So, you know what? I okay. These are tough. Dorian, you are not getting two points for writing both. What a show off. No, actually, that is a personal vendetta between me and Alexis. She's a huge <laughs> fan of the movie. I'm really not because I love the book. So the only reason I sent her the other number with an LOL was that's our, our personal vendetta. That is That was not, <laughs> not trying to be big-brained. That was just flicking that at her. Nice. Did, did they change it back in the made-for-TV movie? You know, actually, I'm not 100% certain because I haven't seen all of that. I've only seen... Okay, yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, I've I was wondering the, about that, too. Well, that's what the guy from Wings... online of it and some clips, but I've never actually sat through that whole movie. Everything bad that happened here is still here. I've had some bad dreams here myself. Don't scare the lady, Pete, okay? Well, Jack, maybe it's good to be scared sometimes. A little bit. It's actually, I think it's a little bit more true to the book than the movie, than the Jack Nicholson movie. Oh, uh, King wrote the screenplay for the uh, made-for-TV movie, and it shows because... Stephen King, but the pacing in that thing is abysmal. Yes. Right. And, uh, sorry, I was coughing. Yes, they did keep the room number the same in the t made for TV movie. Um, and in the commentary, they talk about they wanted to change it back to 217. The only reason they didn't was because they didn't want people to be confused. Well, that is. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.
is the answer. But yes, you, uh, everyone got it in. Candace is the, I'm sorry, she guessed 1307. But the correct answer is in the book, the room is 217. And in the movie, it is 237. Mm. Well, I'm really disappointed in myself. And my cousin Haley would be disappointed in me because that is her all-time favorite movie. She has watched it so many times. And oh, you <sighs> let her down. Oh. I know. I brought shame to our family. <laughs> All right. So, yes, um, Jeff and Chris both guessed 217. Dorian, you are a show off and guess both. <laughs> Very nice. All right. So, okay. Question number five. This is the final question in paranormal trivia for the first round. In Army of Darkness, what are the three magic words needed before taking the Necronomicon? That and for the record, fair. you do not have to get the spelling anywhere near close. Just get it close uh, enough. I can identify what you're trying to say. Uh, I thought about staying. They offered me the chance to lead them, to teach them, to to be king. Uh-huh. But my place is here, so I swallowed the juice, said the words, and here I am. Did you say the words right this time? Well, maybe I didn't say every single tiny little syllable, no, but basically I said them, yeah. Answers are all in. The answer is Platu Verada Nikto. That's right. I remember I've got to hear. I've got to hear. I've got to hear if we've got any attempts or did everybody get it right? Dorian and Chris got it right. In fact, Dorian, I'm a little scared. You got pretty damn close to the correct spelling. Of this, does this have ties to? And I hate, I, you know, I don't, I don't mean to rabbit hole us every question, so I, I, I apologize. But doesn't that have ties to like the day the Earth stood still? Yes, yes, okay. exactly. It is an homage to that because it's the exact same three words. That's what I thought. All right, folks, let's go ahead and give an update before we get into round two, where the stakes are higher. Looking at it right now, Candace has a total of six points. Jeff, not so far ahead, but has a total of seven. Chris has a total of 12 and a half. Got that half point in there for something, something lamentous or whatever it was. And then uh, Dorian. Dorian has a total of 15. I don't know if we've experienced that before here on Trip up trivia where somebody has all of the answers correct in the first round if we have it that's the first time before we get to round two it's time to quickly tell you about amazon music if you enjoy rocking out to some great tunes head to get amazonmusic.com slash w2m network you can get a free 30-day trial where you can check out over 70 million songs that's get amazonmusic.com slash w the number two m network for that free 30-day trial. Now, let's get back to our game. All right, guys, it's time to move on to round two. And remember, the questions here, the answers are going to be worth two points. These questions are going to get just a little harder, so there is still time for anyone to make a comeback. Going back to the slashers. All right. All right, question number one. Michael Myers appeared in every movie in the Halloween franchise except one. Which film did he not appear in? And somebody wasted no time and got that answer in before I even <laughs> that question. <laughs> I just studied up on this. The world's going to change tonight, Doctor. Happy Halloween. Stop it! Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, the night no one comes home. 
And answers are all in. The correct answer is Halloween 3, Season of Witch. Damn. Yeah, Chris, Dorian, and Candace all got that right. Chris, you even dropped in the little uh, trivia point that while Michael Myers technically is not in the movie, uh, there is a TV that is showing the original Halloween film in the background. Yeah, I almost wondered if um, that was going to come into play at some point. I actually just watched direct points. I just watched it for the first time last week, and while I thought it was kind of crazy, I still loved it. There are a lot of people that like that one and believe that even though it's definitely not like the others, it's still a really good Halloween film. It really is, and I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah, it just, I, it just I really oozes, liked it. I would say it just oozes the Halloween season so much, and it's really enjoyable. It and I refuse to believe that not one of us has gotten the Silver Shamrock song stuck in our head at least once in our lives. <laughs> oh, I was just, when I was typing that answer, I was like, two more days till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Two more days till Halloween, Silver Shamrock. <laughs> Question number two. What Oscar-nominated actor voiced the killer in Child's Play in the in the Child's Play franchise until 2019? Yes, in your face, lady. Presto, you're a ball. Presto, you're a ball. Presto, you're dead. All right, Jeff, Dorian, and Chris got that right. It is Brad Dourif. What was his Oscar nomination for? Let me double check. I believe it was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, that makes sense. I have no idea who it is. I've got to look this up just to see what he looks like. That's amazing that he won anything because the the movies I've seen him in, to be completely honest with you, like literally, he only he only knows how to act one thing. Like that's it. Like he's the same. Oh, person. I recognize this guy. He was Worm Tongue in the Lord of the Rings. Thank uh, you. Movies. Yep. There we go. Exactly. And he was quite good as Warm Tongue. Yeah. Wasn't he also like the the mechanic attendant or something like that in that like really weird Lost Highway movie? He was a me- he was a mechanic roadside attendant in um the first Urban Legend movie. Ah, okay, there we go. The one that chases her down the street and goes because he's got a stutter and goes, "There's someone in the back seat," as she's driving off. Well, Lost Highway is a really really good movie uh, that I haven't yeah. seen in a long time though, but that's a good one. Dude was in Critters Four. Nice. There you go. That's when you know you're in the big leagues. <laughs> you made it in a critter sequel. <laughs> and Alien Resurrection. Okay. That's another one. You're definitely you're you're winning, you're gonna I mean, be winning some awards with that. We're comparing aliens to critters here. Guys, all right. What's the third question? Get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> what real life serial killer gave inspiration for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Psycho, and Silence of the Lambs, among others? Yeah, this guy is one of the most notorious real life serial killers ever caught. Yeah. I would like to thank Bailey Sarian for um, my hopeful right answer to this. It is thanks to her YouTube channel that I maybe know this one. She does a series called Murder Mystery and Makeup Monday, and she talks about true crime while she does her makeup. She also does a podcast called Dark History um, where she talks about about a lot of different things in history that we were kind of never taught growing up. And her first episode was about DuPont. I'm from West Virginia and I live in the town where DuPont, where they put C8 in the water. Her first episode was on that. So very interesting. All right. Everyone uh, got that one right. 
The answer is Ed Gein. I was going to put Buffalo Bill at first, but then I remembered that it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He made stuff out of skin, bones. Yeah. yeah. I unfortunately had to Google the uh, image for the nipple belt because I was too curious. Oh, I remember that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's something I'll never unsee. <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the kind of crap that gets burned into your brains and pops in in the middle of the night when you're trying to sleep. Mm -hmm. Okay. In the Scream series, the killer wears a mask based on what popular painting by Edvard Munch? Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel? Stab 2? Who'd want to do that? Sequels suck. No, wow. Come on, man. Oh, please, please. By definition alone, they're inferior films. It's bull generalization many sequels have surpassed their original oh yeah name one yeah answers are all in the answer is it's kind of a gimme when you think about it the name of the painting is the scream that's why i put a question mark because i was like that sounds too obvious but i was pretty sure that's what it was <laughs> yes yeah, so the very famous painting uh you see somebody at the edge of a bridge hands clasped on the side of their faces and they are screaming very well-known painting. Dorian, Candace, and Chris all got that right. Okay. All right. One more question in the slasher round. What is the name of the killer in Terrifier? Do you really think someone slashed my tires? Well, he knows this is your car. He saw us getting into it earlier. Hey, handsome! Cut it out. My friend wants your Dude, number. Kill you. Look, that guy was harmless. He's just some douchebag in a costume acting like a retard because it's Halloween. Answers are all in. Jeff, Dorian, and Chris got it right. The name of the killer is Art the Clown. Yep, oh, it's Art about clowns or it has clowns in it? It has one man dressed up in a black and white clown uh, costume with black and white makeup killing uh, these young women in the most gruesome ways possible. I want to say Rob Zombie made a uh, like a, a remake of, of Halloween or something like that several years back. Yeah. And it was yeah, he did two, Halloween 1 and 2, which were uh, full remakes that gave Michael Myers actually a background story this time, which actually kind of hurt the story a little bit, but I see why he did it. I did oh, I loved it. The first one was really good. I I'm just not a fan of Rob Zombie's film style. He does very exploit exploitation-style films, and, and that those just don't gel well with me, personally. I can't remember well, what it was called. I have, like, a love-hate relationship with them. The first one he made, the first film that he ever made and directed, I, th I thought was really great. House of a Thousand Corpses. Yes, that was really, really, really neat. I just watched that for the first time not too long ago, and I don't know how I feel still about it, because <laughs> part of me loved it, and then part of me was like, what in the world was that? Um, yeah, still not sure, but maybe I'll give it a second watch, just to see. We actually got to um, a Crypticon two years ago now, but in 2018, so I guess three years ago, sorry, well, more than that, whatever. Um, uh, Sid Haig was actually there, uh, and it was on his birthday, and he died. As co uh, Sid Haig, who played um, Captain Spaulding the Clown in um, Thousand yeah. Thousand Corpses and the two sequels. He was actually there, got to meet him, shake his hand. I got to cut my security guard for him for a second because the poor guy was so sick he couldn't talk. And we got all these fans piled around in this room. 
So we had to like move people out of the way because he was getting to the point where he was so sick plus the con that he couldn't he couldn't talk. Mm. So we had to move people out of the way. Sweet guy, you'd never know it from like the characters he plays, but I guess just shout out, rest in peace, Sid Haig, uh, great actor and great person, which you know is rare. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, real quick score update before we get into this next round here. So right now we got Candace sitting with 12 points. Jeff has 13. Chris, 22.5. Dorian has 25. Okay, so that wraps up Slasher Trivia. We're moving back on to Monster Trivia. All right, question number one. What was the first kaiju to battle Godzilla in the 1955 film Godzilla Raids Again? Was it A, Mothra, B, King Ghidorah, C, Rodan, or D, Anguirus? I gotta, I gotta know if anybody answered before you were done. No, but one person uh, punched it in pretty damn fast. <laughs> what kills me is when I was writing this, I was double checking the names of the movies and it was like one o'clock in the morning when I was doing this and I was super tired. And I looked over at the computer screen and it, it, the film is called Godzilla Raids again, R-A-I-D-S. But I was so tired. I thought it said Godzilla Rides again. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> there he goes. That crazy <laughs> old Godzilla. <laughs> Which kaiju did Godzilla right off into the sunset on? East down and down, Tokyo <laughs> is coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay answers are all in Anguirus Dorian is the only one who got it right again I thought I'd actually stumped him for once because I Dorian I know you're a horror fan but I know you're not a big kaiju fan I'm not a big kaiju fan but I love Godzilla Godzilla's my dude I used to watch the uh, Godzilla cartoon show it's actually how I got into it as, as a kid uh, right after the 98 film came out it was very short lived because the movie was also crap no offense to anyone who likes it but yeah they did a cartoon show and that's how I got into the Godzilla movies and got to watch the original Gojira and from then on. Those are just fun movies, especially to watch drunk because it makes oh. it so much better. Especially if you riff track it drunk. Oh, That's what yeah. you wanted it for. There you go. Question number two. In 1972's Night of the Lepus, what kind of giant animal is on the loose? What devil creatures growing weight and size every day are hidden behind the eyes of horror? What can stop them. Night of the Lepus from MGM. Jeff, you want to you want to tell them what you wrote? Yeah, of course. Why not? I'm not afraid to uh, cop share to, with, uh, share with the class. Yeah, I put in the butt faced animal from Shang Chi. <laughs> I've heard I've heard tale of this thing. I imagine that's going to be a zero though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is because Night of the Lepus, they are on the run from giant rabbits. Oh. All right, who got it right? Chris and Dorian. Yes, Chris actually put an emoji of a bunny. Well done, sir. Well done. I applaud you. I do I, I do have to say I love Night of the Lepus because the only thing I can think of when I watch that movie anytime DeForest Kelly and for anyone who doesn't know, DeForest Kelly played Bones McCoy, Dr. Bones McCoy on the original Star Trek. I just wait the entire movie for something that never happens. I'm waiting for him to turn to someone and go, damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not an animal wrangler. <laughs> just to mix it up. <laughs> All right. Question number three. Okay. In the movie Gremlins, three rules are given about owning a Mogwai. Mm. To get both points, you got to give me all three rules. <laughs> That's a good one. If Mark was here, can you imagine the amount of singing that would be going on right now?
right, Jesse, do you know what the three rules are? Ooh, uh, put me on the spot. Let's see. You definitely do not want to feed them after midnight, all right, which is probably the the most argued about rule, (laughs) considering it's after midnight everywhere. But hey, we won't go there. Do not get them wet. Whatever you do, do not get them wet. And absolutely keep them out of the sun. Exactly. Chris and Dorian got that right. Now, Candace, you wrote don't feed them at night. So I'm going to leave it up to the panel. Do we give her one, since this is a two-pointer, do we give her one point since she got one of the rules? What do you guys say? Go for it. All right. Chris and Dorian got two and Candace gets one. Okay. All right. Question number four. What is the name of the monster in 1982's Basket Case? Hmm. And I'm asking for the actual name. I'm not asking for what the monster is. I'm asking for what the name of the monster is. And again, you don't have to get the spelling right. It's kind of a funky name. There's so much of my life that really my only exposure to like horror movies was just walking through the video rental place. (laughs) You know, that was you see the box art. And of course, I'm not old enough to rent the rated R movies. But look at that cover to that VHS tape. A basket case was one of them, if I remember right. That one, actually, I'm going to look that up right now. I want to see what that looks like. It's actually one of the reasons I didn't like horror movies as a kid. My parents took me to Blockbuster every weekend on Friday to get some movies, and to get to the popular movies, I was, yeah, gotta walk through the horror aisle, and I'd see all these intense horror VHS copies, and I would genuinely get scared of them. Hell yeah, that's the price you pay to get to the new releases. It's like, if you can get through this aisle, you can have whatever you want, but you gotta get through it. (laughs) All answers are in. The answer is Belial. Jeff and Dorian got that right. Chris, nice try with George. He said George? That's that's close to Belial, right? Have a point? (laughs) Uh, Sure. Uh, George the Monster. Get me get me out of this aisle. I want to find my Disney selects or the wrestling section, please. Well, while you bring that up, actually, we should go ahead and drop that uh, November's uh, Trypto Trivia is going to be Disney Trivia. This is to celebrate the next uh, Disney film that's coming out, Encanto. Uh, and, of course, we're going to be looking for contestants for that. So for those who are getting tired of the monsters and the spookiness and everything, I mean, Lord knows I'm not, but if you're getting a little sick and tired of that, we're still looking for contestants for next month's game yeah this is going it's going like going to be a polar opposite of what we're doing tonight yeah no more months <laughs> let's talk princesses <laughs> Okay, final question in the monster round. In the original Night of the Living Dead, Brenda and Johnny have come to place flowers on whose grave? Night of total terror. <laughs> What a surprise. Dorian is the only one who got this right. Jeez Louise, brother. Yeah, Dorian, I'm going to have to drag you on to Disney trivia next month just so we could finally find something that you're not going to ace. <laughs> Dorian needs to take the next round off and then <laughs> let's see, two, four, six, eight. Yeah, there'd be five questions. Chris would have a shot at getting, if he got the round perfect, he could beat Dorian by a point and a half. That point and a half. For the record, uh, the answer is their father. 
their, their father. father's grave. Okay. All right, so quick score update. Uh, Candace currently has 13. Jeff has 15. Chris has 26 and a half. And Dorian has a total of 35 points. Going into this last paranormal round. All right, yes. Back to the paranormal question. We got five questions left. They're all worth two points each. Is everyone ready? Yes. Okay. Yep. Question one. Ready. In Rosemary's Baby, the Castavets give Rosemary a good luck charm containing what? Is it A, Deadly Nightshade, B, Wormswort, C, Tannis Root, or D, Witch Hazel? Paramount Pictures presents Mia Farrow in a William Castle production, Rosemary's Baby. Co-starring John Cassavetes, Ruth Gordon, Sidney Blackmer, Morris Evans, and Ralph Bellamy. Written for the screen and directed by Roman Polanski. From the best-selling novel by Ira Levin. Suggested for mature audiences. All right, all questions are in. It is C, Tannis Root. And let's see here. Candace and Dorian got that right. Hey. Yay. Great book, by the way. No one's read the book. Very good. I have not read the book. It's pretty close to the movie, actually. Hmm. Yeah, that was yeah. actually one of the things that got complimented on after release was that it was a pretty close adaptation, or probably one of the closest adaptations of a book to that point. It's been, well, the first almost perfect adaptation of a horror film. They got a lot of good reviews on that, at least for people who had read the book. Very cool. All right. Question number two. Ed Wood's Plan 9 from Outer Space was originally called Grave Robbers from Outer Space. I'm going to give you four options. I want, to I want you to tell me who convinced him to change the name. Was it his lawyer, his girlfriend, Baptist ministers, or a random stranger that he met on the street? I am struggling on this one if it makes anybody feel better. You know what? Here's what we're going to do. I am going to abstain from this one because I can't fully remember. Oh. There you go. Okay. Wow. There it is. That's a zero. I'm putting it in there right now. That is a zero <laughs> for Dorian. There you go. Well, believe it or not, no one got that right. Oh, he gives them all a chance and it just all goes south. Unbelievable. The correct answer. Guys, this is a true story. It was C. Baptist Ministers. <laughs> That was my second guess. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Ed Wood got a group of ministers to back his movie with the promise that if their movie would make enough money, then they could funnel that, that movie, that profit, into making their own films for the church. The Baptist ministers were against using the phrase grave robbers, as grave robbing is such a sin, and they changed it to Plan 9 from Outer Space to sate them. Hmm. Speaking of ministers, has anybody watched uh, Midnight Mass that's on Netflix? Ooh, we're going to start watching that tomorrow it's good yeah, i finished it yesterday did you like it i did like it it's not um it's not as good as hill house well but, it's but i did hill like it house, but i'm i think i'm a little over halfway through it and it's freaking awesome all right only three questions left guys what grabs robbie through the window in poltergeist that was a frightening movie i was a kid not did to mention not a movie that contributed to the birth of the pg-13 rating so the reason that I know that, you know, again, I'm an early 90s baby. The reason that I know that they used to play the um, national anthem at the end of the TV programming day is because of that movie. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen that in Poltergeist. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I lived that. All right, everyone's in and everyone got it right. It's the oak tree in the front yard. Okay, question number four. Who hangs themselves at Damien's birthday party in The Omen? That's dark. But it is one of the most iconic deaths in the movie. For generations, the Thorns have been a family of tremendous wealth, position, and power. The perfect marriage of Ambassador Robert Thorne and his wife Catherine was fulfilled by the birth of their son, Damien. And then, when the child was five years old, something terrible happened. Everyone got that right. It was Holly the Nanny. Last question, and this is a tough one. What is the name of the mirror in Oculus? Wow. Oh my gosh, it's killing me. I haven't seen that movie in like 10 years. Whenever it came out. I had to put it in there because that is one of Mike Flanagan's earliest films, guy who directed Midnight Mass. And in my opinion, one of the best currently working horror directors. My name is Kaylee Ann Russell. The purpose of today's experiment is to prove that the object behind me is responsible for at least 45 deaths in the four centuries of its recorded existence. All right. Jeff and Dorian got it right. The answer is the Lasser Glass. Lasser Glass. The Lasser Glass, yes. All right. Fantastic game. Oh, my goodness. Let's go ahead and we'll talk about the grand totals. In last place, by two points, Candace comes in with 19 total points. Jeff gets two more with 21 coming in third. Chris Armstrong, 30.5. And this month's Tripped Up Trivia winner is Dorian with a total of 43 points. So what a game. Congratulations, Dorian. What? I mean, a fantastic showing, sir. You ducked out on one question, and that is the only question that you missed. So very, very, very impressive showing here. So congratulations. Well, thank you very much. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for winning. Hey, nah, Dorian, man, I... your, uh, your third cousin, Vincent, twice removed or whatever, would be very proud. Yes. Either that are very concerned. Like, dude, learn about art. Learn cooking. Something. <laughs> <laughs> Before we head into plugs, this would be a good time to tell you about a sponsor of the W2M Network, and that is Grammarly. For you, the listeners of Tripped Up Trivia, Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. It also helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes, and while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W, the number 2M network, to download Grammarly for free. But Candace, do you have anything that you wish to plug? Um, it's nothing that I'm doing, but my dear friend Sheena has a um, cooking baking channel on YouTube called Frady Baked, F-R-A-D-Y Baked. She does some fun stuff on there, totally not horror related <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> she was doing a segment where she was going through uh, Disney Parks recipes, and she's just super fun, really easy to, to listen to and to learn from. Yeah, take a, okay. take a look on her channel there. 
Very good, very good. Well, uh, you might I might ask you for the link, uh, so we can definitely get that in the description when we send this out, so we, uh, people will be able to just kind of scroll down if they want to check it out, they can click on it. Jeff Sloboda, please, sir. I know you uh, you do obviously. We were talking earlier. You got yourself your own podcast. You do some video. You do some YouTube's. Uh, please let everybody know what you got going on. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I guest on a lot of stuff too, like a lot. Like uh, some weeks, like I, I jam out a lot of shows just to try to cross promote a lot when I can. You know what I mean? And plus, I. I just love to record with different people and new people. So any chance I get to do something different other than the MCU and like the superhero fandom stuff too, like I jump on it just because that stuff gets, it can get a little bit old sometimes, but uh, yeah, basically co-host of the MCU's bleeding edge YouTube channel and podcast. All, all the podcast is on every directory out there. And uh, you can obviously find our channel on, if you can believe it, YouTube. And also, um, we are essentially going to be finishing up the What If episodes, um, reviewing them pretty soon. We'll be jumping into Hawkeye, the Disney Plus series, new Disney Plus series here pretty soon. And uh, we've got some um, some uh, MCU film reviews coming up uh, after What If is over. And hopefully you'll see Alexis on the MCU's Bleeding Edge with us, hopefully jamming one of those out. So uh, that's cool. basically what we have going on uh, mainly. And um I am a, a member of the uh, team at the Podcast of Champions, and uh, they're through sakar.freeforums.net. I just I'm just a guest on there, but uh, I have a really good time on there, and uh, we do some gr- really great shows. So that's pretty much it. Thanks okay. a lot, right. Alexis and Jesse, for uh, bringing me on. I, I love the fact that the dog kept quiet until you started talking. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's not surprising that it would be my voice that would bring Alexis's dogs out. I don't think they like me. Like they heard me talk. I, don't, I think they're Captain Marvel fans, and like they heard me like trashing Captain Marvel the other day or the Brie Larson. All right, Chris Armstrong. You and I do some podcasts together every once in a while. Uh, I mean, off the top of your head, what do you want to plug, sir? Yeah, you can usually hear me on Unspoken Issues, the '90s comics podcast with Jesse. Uh, we got one coming up. We got a Spawn. Uh, I don't remember which number that is, Jesse. But me either. You know, it's I was thinking the same thing. It's like Spawn Nine, uh, whatever, whichever one Neil Ga- uh, Neil Gaiman's in. So um, yeah, we got that, and we got a Super Patriot uh, episode coming up, and a Midnight Suns episode, hopefully before Halloween. Uh, so oh. you can catch me on there, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BrodyMan34. All right. Well, Dorian, buddy, you're, you're the winner. You get to you get to plug your stuff last. Please uh, feel free to let us all know where people can find you. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, I, I, I want to uh, thank every, uh, every, uh, first of all, Alexis, for inviting me on here. This was a lot of fun. I do kind of feel bad. Um, it's no fun <laughs> to win when it's that far ahead. Um, <laughs> you just feel like a complete. But I am going to enjoy my grand prize of a one year's uh, or coupon for one year's psychiatric treatment. So, I mean, there's that. Um, <laughs> I'm Dorian Price. I am the owner operator of Deimos Pictures. That's D E I M O S Pictures. I know this comes with a huge shock for anyone who doesn't know this. Deimos is the Greek god of fear and terror. Everyone take a moment to let that sink in and be shocked that that's my company's name. Um, <laughs> but we, we do do horror films. We've got one. Uh, that's at near the end of pre-production right now. It's called Hagridden. Brief synopsis is that a person named Val is being stalked, but this stalker is not what, what she seems. And it turns out that his friends actually know this stalker all too well. And it's a question of how many of them are going to get a little bit alive. Yeah. Uh, Damos Pictures also does uh, industrial films, uh, product commercials, and photography. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Dorian Price. We're getting the, uh, having some webmaster problems with the uh, Damos website at this time. 
but uh, hopefully the next time I get on here, if Alexis tra- drags me in for Disney or Christmas just to get the revenge, <laughs> or less, hopefully that that will be ready then. Uh, but yeah, we um, fair price for Kansas City based. Uh, we've got a lot of great people, including Alexis, who is is the gaffer and also a fantastic photographer in her own right. I'll let her plug herself here in a second. But once again. Thank you to, to everybody who played with me. It was a lot of fun. I I really enjoyed the fact that I wasn't the only one who knew the hard questions. It really made me feel good not to just hear it. Dorian's the only one who got it right. I was like, yay, other people are just as freakish as I am. I am a family. <laughs> and thank you to all the audience members listening to this. Tune in, tune in for these people's podcasts. They do great stuff. I've been on the round table. I've now been on this. They do great stuff. Follow them. Listen to them. Give them, give them all the support that you can. And thank you. Out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, so let's just kind of talk about the week lead up. I'm going to do my best to run down through the schedule as quick as possible. Uh, looks like Long Road to Ruin Paranormal Activity, which I am sure is a re-air, is airing on Sunday the 24th. Damn You Hollywood's discussion of The Last Duel is going to be happening on the 24th as well. It looks like on Monday the 25th, TV Party Tonight Crown Jewel is going to be, uh, that's a WWE pay-per-view. They're going to be discussing that. And ni- at 9 p.m. on trial, Donnie Darko. Oh, boy. Who's going to be defending? Who's going to be prosecuting? It's going to be an interesting show. Tuesday, the 28th. Damn you, Hollywood Dune. Yes. Boy, a lot of people are looking forward to that movie. Uh, so they will be discussing that at 9 p.m. And then then we, it looks like the Metal Hammer of Doom with our review of Halloween. And then it looks like Damn You Hollywood's re-airing of Jim and the Holograms is happening the next day on the 28th. But at 10 p.m., you can tune in to DV Party Tonight talking Ted Lasso Season 2. And then as we get into the 29th of October, a triple feature. Uh, Scooby Meeks, Courage, The Cowardly Dog, Muppets, Haunted Mansion, and My Little Pony uh, as all happening on that day. So I'm sure I'm missing part of the titles on some of those, but uh, I apologize. So there you go. That's the week lead up to this. Chris already talked about uh, the Unspoken Issues podcast. I do a podcast on here called Source Material. Looking forward. Hey, folks, check out Sunday night's Halloween airing of Source Materials, Power Rangers, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, it is one crazy webcomic. So absolutely check that out. Alexis and I had a great time talking about that comic book. And then it looks like the plan is uh, Eternals by Neil Gaiman is going to be showing up there on the 1st of November. So there you go. I'm done. Alexis, please. Don't forget, it wasn't just the Cenobites and Jason Voorhees. We also got appearances from other Saban characters, including the Big Bad Beetleborgs and a couple of other uh, common writers showed up and I remember a couple that you and I were both just like I think we completely missed the window with a a very very I think quite a deep reference to the VR troopers if I remember correctly as well yes oh my god I can't (laughs) believe I forgot about that reference because that was the one that made both of us go wait what the VR troopers all right well honeysuckle rose creations the intersection of geek and chic obviously when this airs we have wrapped up our convention season quite some time ago we're so happy to be back in kansas city and yeah we're we're getting ready for the holidays here folks i can't believe this you know it's like i want to celebrate halloween more but when you run your own business you kind of got to start thinking about the holidays a little early but hey on a plus side that does give us time to promote our big uh holiday sale which we're going to be doing from black for black friday through cyber monday and of course we will be bringing back our holiday charity drive which means that every item that is sold from either 
of our stores on Etsy or Handmade at Amazon from Black Friday to Christmas Eve. Every item, for every item sold, we will donate $5 to Children's Mercy. We've done this for the last two years. It's always a lot of fun. It's love helping out those in need. Fantastic. So go ahead and head over to our shops again. We're on Etsy and Handmade at Amazon. To those in the Kansas City area, our items are also being sold in Mind Games and Magic and Level 1 Game Shop at the River Market. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for further news. That's Honeysuckle Rose Creations, where fashion meets fandom at the intersection of geek and chic. Yes, again, like I mentioned earlier, November we will be having Disney trip. This is uh, to tie into the release of Encanto. That is the upcoming animated film. Looks really the. Just saw the uh, most recent trailer the other day. It looks absolutely beautiful. Really looking forward to it. And of course, we're going to be looking for those who want to play. Questions are going to be revolving around Disney movies, Disney TV shows, and of course, the Disney parks. And in December, it's going to be time to get everything ready for the holidays, and that means Christmas trivia. Subject to change if we think of something any better. Yeah. All right. Well, for everybody that participated tonight, Candace, Jeff, Chris, and Dorian. <laughs> things are. We have a ghost. <laughs> we have a ghost, or we have gotten I was like, wait a second. Is that me breaking up real bad, or is that on the other end? That's the uh, that's the, that's the woman I have um in, the, oh. in my no. Hey everybody, post-edit Jesse Starcher here. So I took it upon myself to go in there and kind of clean it up and push things together just to see if we could maybe figure out what this strange bit of broken up message was. See if you can hear what is being said. Perhaps there was a ghost that played along with us and we just didn't know it until the very end. Here you go. It's all cleaned up and edited and amplified the tripped up trivia specter. I'm sorry, the lady puts the lotion on the skin. <laughs> okay, outro's happening right now. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us for another episode of Tripped Up Trivia. Thanks to Candace, Jeff, Chris, and Dorian for participating tonight. Of course, my co-host Alexis for handling the questions and, and uh, yeah, make, making it a good game. So with that being said, we are out of here. We will catch you next time. Have a good one. Uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye.